0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eighty of DN Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host Ryan Reader, and with me, as always, is my good buddy Ben Bumhopper. How are you doing this evening, Ben?
1: Kind of horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it seems as though the the plague uh, not not the, the not the vid, but uh, the plague has uh, reached my my happy the, the home. The normal,
0: the normal plague.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, your uh, run of the mill plague. Yeah. So if if, uh, coughing happens or sneezing happens or whatever, uh, we're sick over here. So sorry. Anyways, (laughs) Um, other than that, doing okay. I'm happy to talk to you uh, on this uh, final
0: episode of the year. Oh, my gosh. Episode 80, the final episode of the year.
1: And the fact that the year has gone by so fast and we've had such wonderful times and guests and everything. I'm I'm very proud of everything we've done this year.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's It's been such a great year. Uh, like you said, guests. Oh, man, we had some great guests this year. Just some absolutely wonderful discussions. I cannot wait for next year yes. when we will probably have even more cool guests and cool discussions. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the point of the show. It is. It's
1: yeah.
0: in the name. Yeah. That, that <laughs> it's, in the cool. <laughs> it's in the title. It's in the title. Well, we've got uh, a few things we are going to uh talk through today as well as our annual christmas one shot that we just make up off the top of our heads during the episode yes uh we actually had someone run uh like uh hearth and hammer i believe it was uh ran our christmas one shot from last year oh nice and i got to watch a little bit of it and it was super fun so uh kudos to them for for running that but yeah, it's a it's it's kind of become a, a fun tradition. This will be the third third year mm-hmm. of of uh, holiday one shot, so so that'll be fun. But first, we're going to talk just a little bit about the new unearth Arcana updates because uh, a new one d and uh, d unearth Arcana came out not super long ago uh, that includes the cleric and cleric subclass as well as some of the new species. And I say species because the wizards have actually come out. They came out and said, we're not going to use the word race anymore, which I think is cool. Um, So they're using species currently. Uh, They'll probably, I assume, ask if that's the one people want to land on. Uh, I think lineage ancestry are two other very good ones. A lot Mm -hmm. of people have thrown around as potential alternatives. Uh, but so if, if you go look at it and you see the word species now, that is currently what they're using in place of race.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a good, uh, uh, change, especially since there, there are so many species available that, you know, it, it, it adds more variety in that sense. You know, it's not just locked into like, oh, well it's this and, you know, in, on top of that too, it can actually open up the the door for like a lot of like halves, like, you know, like half elf, half core, half orc and everything along those lines, you can just start kind of playing around and and do a lot more with that as well. And I'm, I'm actually kind of, uh, kind of happy about that.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's a good change. Um, before we dive into the actual unearth arcana though, uh, they had another video that they released on, uh, like the initial survey results from the first, um, from the first unearthed arcanas. Uh so I'm just going to go do like a TLDR or TLDW uh <laughs> since it's a video. <laughs> uh of basically what they what they talked about. So they said uh almost everything scored really high. Uh the mm-hmm. highest scoring things were feats from backgrounds at level 1, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think Level one characters needed more to do, and especially since they're moving feats in the direction of being more active rather than passive. I like that because it gives you a little more to do earlier on without being overwhelming.
1: Exactly. I completely agree with that. And, you know, when we talked about it before, it was a a real pleasant change and it, it gave you something that, you know, kind of brings your background more alive.
0: Mm hmm. They said the lowest scoring thing was the D20 test rules where one is always a fail and 20 is always a success, which completely agree on was not a not a huge fan of that. Um, I know some people treat that in some ways uh, homebrew, and I think that's great, but (laughs) I don't like automatic success, automatic fail.
1: Yeah. No, I'm kind of with you on that. And, you know, for the most part, if it is a one, uh, I try to, you know, I I incorporate it as a fail. But if they have such a huge like plus to it, it's like you can't just outright fail if, you know, you're a highly dexterous person and you're doing a, a dexterity saving throw and it's like a plus 12 and you roll a one. It's like that's still technically a 13, which isn't horrible. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, interestingly, too, they mentioned that the uh, Ardling and the Dragonborn uh, scored a lot lower, too, which is funny because the new versions of those are specifically in this Unearthed Arcana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're also they already made some made some changes uh, and they clarified that the U the UA Dragonborn um Species, in this case, uh, can be played alongside the other existing dragonborn species. They don't replace anything. Yeah. Um, and, of course, upcoming, they talked about the upcoming stuff. And in this case, we have it now, the new version of the Cleric. Um, the last Unearthed Arcana drop was very large, and they're going to start going for smaller installments now. And it'll be followed by other members of the Priest group, which the Druid and the Paladin. And I wanted to take a second to talk about this, too, because... I completely agree. Uh, I'd much rather have smaller drops that are much more pointed in their survey than just the wide breadth of stuff. Because to be completely honest, I barely made it through that last survey and I (laughs) probably didn't fill out everything. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. It was it was hefty. Like if they really want feedback, it's, and it's, it's hard because they're releasing these things in a vacuum. And so it makes it, it makes it very hard to see a lot of the context around some of these changes. So that's, that's one thing they've got going, going against them. Um, but at the other, other end too, I think they really need to work on making their surveys easier to fill out and more pointed in feedback because if your survey is longer than probably 5 or 10 minutes the average players probably won't bother filling that out yeah and you're only going to get feedback from the super hardcore people which is a section of feedback you want but it's not the only feedback you want exactly and so you need to make a, you need to make these surveys palatable for the wide range. And if you need to do that by making your questions more specific or more pointed, making the content drop smaller, which they already said they they were going to do, I think that will be a good thing going forward because we want to hear from everyone. We want to hear from the casual people, the, the, the middle ground, the hardcore people. All those people need to be need to be heard when we're putting feedback in. And if your survey takes 20 or 30 minutes to do, you're going to lose a large chunk of people who will actually be willing to sit down and do that.
1: Yeah. Especially since the, just the fan base has grown to include so many different people <laughs> and, and types and everything along those lines. You, you do want to have as much of, uh, or as much information as you possibly can gathered from all those various groups. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Super long uh, survey. Not so great.
0: Yeah, not so great. Uh, some of the other things, the warrior group will also include new weapon options for certain types of characters and quote whole new ways to use weapons. So that's, that's pretty interesting. There will be new home base rules, uh, reoccurring downtime rules, and uh, called the bastion system, which is super interesting because I feel like that's, in what from a 5e perspective at least was really left on the table mm-hmm. quite a bit um and i would love to see more mechanics and systems around downtime
1: yeah no i'm with you on that i mean and people love home bases yeah exactly just give us more to do with them i mean there's always a home there's owning an, an inn or something there's you know having a castle or a fortress but there, there's a lot more that goes into that other than just, Hey, I have this thing. So, you know, you've got to think of like, you know, any sort of help that you might have uh, to, to run the place, what the actual intention of the place is, is, is it actually a home base? Is it like a, a stronghold? Are you, you know, renting out rooms? You know, what kind of what's going on? So I like the idea of kind of opening that more and giving us a, a you know, better guidelines and rules to go along with it.
0: Hmm. Agreed. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, Eldritch Blast has not been removed. It, it doesn't exist on any of the current new spell list, but there's going to be more info on that when the Warlock arrives. So my guess is they're going to try and do something to change the, the conception of Warlocks as Eldritch Blast machines.
1: Yeah, it, it's one of the things why, for the most part, I haven't really played a Warlock is because... A lot of the time it is just kind of Eldritch Blast and that's kind of about it. You know, the very limited amount of spell <laughs> slots really makes it uh, kind of tough to, uh, you know, get in and, and really use your full your, your full kit in order to kind of do things. So you're just kind of there, you know, in that limited capacity. So hopefully it, it is oh. a big change and, and does uh, help accentuate the, the class a whole
0: lot. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly build warlocks without Eldritch Blast now, but it does feel like you're leaving a lot of potential damage or customization on the table for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think that will be that will be a very good thing. Uh, they also removed uh, the thief's access to use an object with Cunning Action, and that was intentional. Uh, it's a mechanic they refer to as Mother May I. Uh, which heavily depends on DM approval or buy-in to function properly and could be frustrating or unsatisfying, slow the game down, create an endless stream of questions regarding that specific use case. And this is a part of a larger effort to clarify rules, and it may eventually return with some changes. So if you play a rogue, yeah. just just as an FYI. Makes sense. Um, there's, a, and then finally, there's a lot of uh, juicy, quote, Stuff coming for the warrior group for dealing damage, so I think that should be that should be really interesting. Um, they I think they talked a little bit about uh, potentially more mechanical ways to use weapons. I think maybe like like the battle master type type things um, that may be a little more across the board, which I think would be fun uh, mm-hmm. because sometimes especially without multi-classing and whatnot uh some of the the warrior melee classes can sometimes feel one a little more one note yeah okay i i attack i attack a lot (laughs) potentially still that's kind of all i do but yeah but i just hit and i hit and i hit again so multiple or more unique ways to do those types of things more options uh to be able to say, OK, I'm going to try and do it this way or I'm going to attack this way mm-hmm. instead of just I hit, I hit, I hit. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what those end up
1: turning and out to be. And that's something that um, I found really interesting about um, Percy as a gunslinger in uh, Critical Role in, in the Vox Machina campaign is that – Even though he is essentially just, you know, a a very specific, you know, kind of homebrewed version of a fighter, they still gave him a bunch of different, you know, things to do with that shot, you know, blinding, disarming, uh, like incapacitating, like just a bunch of different types of things. So. Giving, you know, the warrior class, you know, a lot more kind of like action and option on what to do makes a lot of sense. And I think it adds a lot more fun to the combat for them. Considering if you look at like a wizard or something else, you have a vast array of spells that do bunches of different things. And this will kind of open up the door for them to, you know, again, have more fun and more
0: variety in what they're choosing to do. Yeah, there's there's a reason the battle master is one of the most popular subclasses. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It opens up a bunch of extra options for you to do things with your attack and roll more dice, Yeah, which is always fun.
1: <laughs> very true.
0: So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they can build that into the core classes a little more. And I think I think that'll be a, a slam dunk for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely. Um, as far as the UA goes, like I said, we we get some re redone Arglings. And Dragonborn, and we also get the cleric. Uh, there's quite a few changes, and I'll, I'll kind of let you talk a little bit about um, some of the ones you like the most. One of the biggest ones, though, is clerics now pick their subclass at three yes. instead of one, which I actually really like. Um, I think, honestly, it should be standardized across all classes. Mm-hmm like pick your pick your subclass at like either two or three because it gives you a little bit of time to feel out the class and kind of see uh, what works, what doesn't, what you like about it, and then go in and specialize once you have a little bit more knowledge of how the class plays.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, when I made a cleric, of course, then again, when I made my cleric forever ago, I started at level 10, so I didn't have much of a choice. But, uh, you know, since then, when I've looked at it, I'm like, oh, you, you have to know exactly the kind of, of character that you want right at level one with creation. And that can be a little daunting at times. Um, you know, there, there's always the possibility of, you know, changing the domain through story and, and you know, switching gods and stuff like that. So, I mean, there, there, <coughs> there is options for that. But I like the idea of kind of getting a feel of, of what you want to do before you have to actually like, you know, pick and choose what you're kind of, you know, locking yourself in for. And uh, as someone who's played a cleric, I really like that idea. I think it it works out really well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. It's, it's a very, uh, it's very new player friendly, Mm -hmm. which I like it. It, It's the slow introduction of complexity. So by the time that you have a bunch of stuff to do, you're much more familiar and much more comfortable with it. Uh, That also kind of goes on to the new level two stuff, the holy order. Mm -hmm. You dedicate yourself to one of the following sacred roles, either on your own or as a part of a religious order. So you have like protector, scholar, and thaumaturge. And so this almost is like, okay, what are you starting to think? Like, what, a, what is, what is like, the, the direction you're starting to go, but you're not picking your subclass quite yet? Because mm-hmm. the Protector, you, you know, you get uh, martial weapon proficiency, you get heavy armor training. The Scholar, you get a bunch of extra proficiencies. The Thaumaturge, you get uh, an extra uh, cantrip from the Divine Spell List. And you also start regaining a use of Channel Divinity on Short Rest. Yeah, which I think is super cool uh, to be able to use that that channel divinity a little more. And they're starting to add a little bit more to that channel divinity as well.
1: Yeah. In, in fact, specifically at level one, you get divine spark, which I love. That's basically just a, a burst of divine energy that you can either throw at an enemy or throw at an ally and either do damage or heal. And this is just something that is fantastic, because a lot of the times, you know, uh, for Channel Divinity, you have kind of, a, okay, well, I can turn undead. Well, there's not a lot of turn of undead around. There's not a whole lot of stuff that you can do with your, your Channel Divinity. I mean, once you get into different domains, there's obviously different things that you can do as well. But it's very situational. With this, it's something that, you know, you can potentially use in just a random everyday combat as opposed to trying to go, you know, all out big giant, Hey, this is my, my mega nuke that I'm tossing in here. And I love the fact that if you're out of spell slots at a low level, you still have a chance to just kind of throw a heal out there because you're a cleric, which is kind of, you know, the whole point of a cleric, you know, originally is they're, they're there to heal.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is good too, because When you move the subclass out, you lose some things to do at those earlier levels. Mm -hmm. And so adding that uh, gives you that extra thing you can do mechanically.
1: Um, And I I might be kind of wrong on this, but I believe that uh, something that's kind of new with turn undead is that the undead are actually dazed for one minute. And if they take an action, they could run away as opposed to instantly. Hey, they just run away which i think or that, are or are destroyed. Yeah. Well, at higher Depending levels on the level, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but like as a dm that kind of gives you more options.
0: Mhm.
1: Which i, I kind of makes sense and based on the type of of uh undead you can actually kind of ch- pick and choose what does what and stuff. Again, i just i like the idea of giving more to
0: channel divinity just because i i really feel like it's very underutilized. Agreed. Agreed. I i was i was fairly happy for the most part with most of the 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 cleric stuff that they added again the biggest being i think subclass mm-hmm. at three instead of instead of one Definitely. which i do think is a is a great change and i hope that especially i hope that kind of happens like i said across the board because especially now with feats like a a guaranteed feat coming in at level one mm-hmm. they could that many of which are much more active you're giving level one players the ability to do a little bit more without the extra complexity. And then you can work your way in story wise to your subclass or just from a player perspective, figure out what you want to do or how it feels um, or get a feel for the class before you commit to that, that big subclass element, which I think is really nice because from a role play perspective, you can still be a cleric of X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. right from the very beginning. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just get these extra holy powers specifically for what you're going for at level three. so yeah, it's like it's essentially the
1: idea of, you know, how are you choosing to serve? Based yep. on what you choose, that that's uh, the the abilities that you gain, and again, giving you more time to kind of get a feel of what you want to play, I think just adds so much more to the possibilities that you have.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, and then, of course, we also have the uh, tweaks to the species. Uh, ben, what did you what did you see as the for the Ardlings and the uh, the Dragonborn? Well, first and foremost, and even some Goliath, yeah.
1: Um, gosh, I really want to talk about the Goliaths in a second here, but, um, like, first of all, the Ardlings, I think are really cool. Um, just the idea that they're, you know, descended from celestial animals from the beast lands. And I mean, you can kind of choose what your animal ancestry is. And based on what you choose, you get a, a bonus to, you know, some sort of movement, whether it's just, you know, running, swimming, climbing or flying. And by flying, it's more like kind of gliding down. You don't get to just up and fly everywhere. Um, but I mean, gosh, they have examples here for the flyer of like bat, eagle, owl, or raven. Well, I want to add a flying squirrel to that because, you know, just gliding down. How cool would that be? Anyways, um, they have a little bit of a divine magic, which is kind of cool. I mean, mean, just overall, um, I must've missed them in the previous, uh, UA because this is the first time I'm really seeing it. And, and like I said, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the dragonborn
0: though. I think they mainly changed them and tweaked them a lot because they wanted to uh, differentiate them more from Asimar. Yeah, I can see that. That's that celestial. Cause they, it, it, I think a lot of people felt like they were kind of stepping on each other's toes mm-hmm. a little bit. And so they, it sounded like they wanted to, and just from the looks of this, it looks like they wanted to make them more unique. And I think they achieved that, that that's still celestial blood, celestial heritage, but not in the same way An asimar is yeah exactly um dragonborn two changes
1: that i think are the best that they can possibly have um one of them is the breath weapon uh basically i mean you you still have the same sort of breath weapon where you know you you choose uh you know what color your dragonborn is and based on that that's the type of damage that you you kind of spit out for that but the biggest change and the thing that i love here is that you can actually use it or a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus.
0: And that is a huge, huge upgrade. there's that proficiency bonus thing again. Mm -hmm. And they need to just keep doing that because basing charges on proficiency bonus is in my opinion, extremely good and scales. Well, exactly. It's, and it's that scaling that I actually really enjoy because,
1: you know, how many times when you're like level one through four or something, are you going to use this breath weapon? And then as you kind of level, it just doesn't really matter as much anymore. But if you're able to use it, you know, more often, you know, once you're like six, seven, eighth level, I mean, it's just a really great. Uh, oh, I've got this dude in melee right in front of me. <laughs> just throw a breath weapon right in his face. I love that. Um, the other thing that was added that I think is amazing is the draconic flight. So, when you reach fifth level, uh, you're able to channel magical energy and temporarily give yourself like these, uh, spectral wings. And I think that is just so cool. So cool. I mean, dragons themselves are magic. And the fact that you have like are inheriting this little bit of magic on top of that is just a bonus. I like
0: it. Yeah. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not like totally game breaking or anything either. It's, 10 minutes, and that's kind of about it. And your fly speed is just equal to your normal speed, but you're still able to just kind of, uh, you know, jump around. Great situational uses. Mm Yeah, exactly. Great situational use. Yeah. Uh, That one is not a proficiency bonus, though. That one's a long rest, but still, I think that it's good for that. Then, uh, last, like I said, with the Goliaths, I am totally in love with this change to the Goliaths. And um, so basically, Goliath is, is essentially, you know, they have giant ancestry. And before, that really means nothing other than, you know, oh, you're also able to speak giant. But with this update, you can actually choose your giant, like, history um, based off of, you know, like, say, if you want a cloud giant, you can actually uh, teleport up to 30 feet into an un- un- unoccupied space. Uh, fire giant has... You know, an attack roller can add fire damage to it. So, you know, based on whatever type of giant you're you're using or you're you're descended from, you get that just extra awesome bit that ties to your ancestry. And this is something that's new and I am all for. I think that's super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean it's super, super cool that that they have that type of uh, just the extra. It's just the extra that, that makes it more unique or lets you customize your character that much more.
1: Exactly. And then not to be outdone by spectral wings and <laughs> starting at level five, you get to supernaturally grow as a bonus action. You jump, you, you change your size to large. And oh, I love it. I think that's just so cool. It's like, OK, this is this is great. You get, you know, more speed, um, you get advantage on strength checks. I mean, it's, it's just a really cool thing. That's just kind of added on top of, uh,
0: an already great change. Yeah. That, so, I mean, honestly, I think, I think this UA had a lot of really good stuff in mm-hmm. it. I like that it's shorter. Um, at least the new content, they are updating their glossary. So yeah. like all that stuff is not necessarily new. Uh, there's, several things that get little tweaks and stuff, but each one of those like glossary type things uh overrides the previous one as they as they make tweaks and um adjust things. So yeah. Feel free to take a look at that. We'll have a link, of course, to this UA in the show notes. The survey will be up probably in the next week or two.
1: Yeah. One little tiny thing that I noticed in the glossary, um, and granted, this is twenty six pages overall, so there's a lot of you know small details and stuff. But one thing that kind of just jumped out at me is, um, for in a long rest, not only do you get you know all your hit points back and and you know everything that you normally do, but they added in that you get all of your hit dice back now. Um, So as instead of just, you know, half of your levels amount, you get the entire gamut back. And uh, I think that's it's kind of interesting. Like you said before, there's a lot of ways already to get health. So this is just kind of opening the door again for, you know, more health in the
0: future. It's it certainly makes tracking it easier. Yeah, uh, I think from from that standpoint, it makes tracking it easier. Just knowing, okay, these are this is what I have. Long rest. This is what I have again. Instead of half of that and then half of that mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, less less hard when you're using as like a like a D and D Beyond or something. But certainly a little more complicated if you're trying to track it manually yourself. So. Yeah, I can see see that being good. Again, it's it's really hard because a lot of these changes are, are happening in a vacuum. And we're not mm-hmm. seeing the full context of things. We haven't seen technically any of the new monster type stuff yet. We exactly. haven't seen. We've only seen a handful of the classes and a handful of the subclasses. So uh, we'll have to just kind of keep an eye on things as they keep coming out. But yeah, make sure, like I said, the link this will be in the show notes if you want to see it for yourself and uh be on the lookout for the survey for that in the next next few weeks
1: yep i'm uh looking forward to giving some feedback and uh praising them for goliaths
0: that is a it is a really cool change i like that one i like that one a lot all right so it is time ben for our annual holiday one shot yay uh this time uh, I usually usually uh beforehand just to give ourselves a little a little brain brain power brain juice whatever we we think of a theme and so this year's tagline is it's a race which makes me just think of
1: Rowan Atkinson and Rat race, just it's a race. I'm winning. It's a race. I'm winning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> always, always think of that whenever someone says it's a race. Um, but yeah, so holiday race. Ben. Okay. So, my thinking, as we we just kind of get going, is there's some sort of a time factor mm-hmm. involved in this. I don't know how you would necessarily run it if you wanted to do real time like all right our session is four hours and this takes place in four hours of real time and you have to get to X y or Z by that by that point or uh, one of one of my favorite things to do and I don't do it a lot because it, it's it should be used used sparingly but it every time I've used it it always it always gets, big gasps or uh, really ramps things up. It's taking out an actual timer. (laughs) Yeah. Setting it to a certain amount of minutes or whatever and hitting go. Because then all of a sudden there's a real sense of urgency because a real time limit is now hooked into what you are doing. So, Maybe, maybe something like that. Maybe, maybe we could use that as a component as, as part of, part of this one. Okay. I think we can. Um,
1: what are we racing though? I mean, if we're, if we're going for like, you know, kind of a holiday one shot Christmas kind of idea, the obvious answer is deliver presents before the night's over.
0: Yeah. But we could potentially do that.
1: That is like really on the nose. So we need to deliver something before. Do you, you, you have a
0: better idea? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe this is a day or two before Christmas and we're delivering something that will enable the delivery. Hey, of the present. There we go. Yeah.
1: So it's like. It's, it's a Christmas Eve, Eve kind of thing. So we need to deliver, um, gosh, like a, (laughs) we need to deliver a enchanted, uh, um, an enchanted sleigh. See, I'm thinking something simpler. Like, I like (laughs) an enchanted red reindeer's nose, but that just sounds really morbid. Um, how about, how about an enchanted
0: bag? In a, a, a special bag
1: of holding, oh, like a like a um, uh, like a two sided like portal bag, so you can reach in and grab something through the bag, uh huh. To, to to um like you know pull a gift out of the warehouse or something. So you have home base that's feeding things
0: in, and then
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. So it's 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 like like a modified bag of holding. So instead of just like an extra dimensional space, it's an actual portal to a place that is making the stuff so that they can just hand it to you. Yes. Have somebody ready to hand it to you when you pull it out of the bag. Because everybody knows home base isn't
1: exactly where, you know, you start the adventure from, you know, look at NASA, you know, they lift off in Florida, but home base is in Houston. Maybe this bag
0: got damaged somehow and, You are a courier, you and the party are are couriers, or have a courier service, and you are picking this up to deliver it back to its rightful owner so that they can have it in 24 hours or something like that. Exactly. Of course,
1: you do have to worry about the opposition who doesn't want that to happen, who wants to take it for themselves. Because
0: no one knows where this warehouse is. Mm -hmm. And so if that bag fell into the wrong hands and people were able to use it as a portal to get themselves to this warehouse, they could pillage and plunder probably millions of gold worth of items. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we're looking at this
1: as – action of, you know, either like literal side-by-side racing in certain points where, you know, they're trying to get the bag, trying to stop you from going. Um, Potential uh, stops along the way that you have to kind of, you know, deal with those encounters uh, as well as the ticking clock where you need to have this before the actual like sleigh ride takes off and goes. So, okay, this is a good premise.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, one, one concept I really like, and uh, they had this uh, officially in the the D&D book called The Netherdeep, is the idea of a rival party or, or an enemy party or something like that. Um, Flea Mortals, which is MCDM's new monster book that they're currently making, mm-hmm. are also going to be doing a concept like this where they're going to have several sets of basically enemy parties or rival adventuring parties that you can use as full on characters to, to challenge the party. So my thinking would be we use a concept like that and we have not, not even a rival party, but a rival courier service or a a party of thieves or bandits that want to get their hands on this because, The poor people in the warehouse, there's no security there. It's hidden Mm -hmm. in a magical, magical demiplane that you can only get to in a, from a few spots. And the bag is the most mobile and accessible one of those spots. Exactly. So if, and once they have that, it got in there. That's it. They're not going to be able to defend themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're able to get in there. Like you said, it's just millions of, of gold worth of items and, and just everything. So like it's, it. this is the literal one job and I retire kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And so uh, word has leaked out that this bag was damaged. It is being uh, repaired by a, an extremely, uh, extremely smart artificer
1: mm-hmm.
0: because uh, the artificer would have the 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 means to to repair it and such um but then it needs to be sent back via an actual courier service yeah. because because of the way that portal and
1: stuff you can't
0: teleport it yes exactly so <laughs> so that that you you and your party have been hired you could do this at like i don't know you probably want this to be a little bit higher of a level Thing. Maybe a level seven to ten. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thing. thinking. Because not, you, you not need- so you need to be a heavy in
1: order to really be able to protect this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. This is not just like a. Oh, look, there's some people off the street. Let's <laughs> have them take this and deliver it. Uh, no, this is a this is a big deal. So yeah, maybe like a level seven to ten adventure uh, somewhere somewhere in there um, where your your party actually has. The tools has some beef mm-hmm. um, to, to survive and can make those encounters interesting. And you could have a lot of really interesting encounters along the way. You could have, because with the whole time limit, you don't necessarily want to just stand and like fight yeah. and create this, this huge thing. Although that that certainly could be one of the possibilities as you go through and this rival party tries to attack you or, or steal this thing from you. Um, it could give a really fun opportunity to build your one shot characters with a lot more utility than damage. Yes. Like all the things you can do to like slip away or uh, capture or detain or slow down or all these different things. That's not just like we've got to kill this thing. And then you could throw in all sorts of uh Encounters along the way between fighting the the rival party, them trying to sabotage Mm -hmm. you, them trying to steal from you during uh, a stop off uh, where you need to pick something else up, maybe Mm -hmm. uh, to environmental hazards, a tree um, in the road. Or an avalanche. Oh,
1: or just a whole bunch of snowy owl bears just crossing the, the, the road.
0: Yeah. There's, uh, there's all sorts of really fun, like, environmental things you could do along a journey. You could have a map mapped out, uh, by, like, cross the plains through a snowy forest. Of course, this is wintertime, so it'll be, like, very, very snow, mm-hmm. snow-oriented, snow-themed. Uh, and then there's mountains you got to cross uh, and stuff. So there's there's a lot of really cool things you could do. From an environmental standpoint that aren't just like, here's a combat encounter. It's more like it's a, here's a bunch of stuff in your way. Figure out how to get around yeah, it. The bridge in is out. In a timely manner. How do we cross when the bridge is out?
1: Do we try to repair it? Do we try to float across? Like, yeah, I love the idea of like, you know, you're in two mountaintops. You have to cross this, 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 this gap. Or do we take the long way around? But that might make us late. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. This there's a lot of yeah. possibilities. You could you can set it, and this is that's that's one of the fun things. You could set this sort of thing if you wanted to use like the real timer. Figure out how long you wanted your one shot to be. Each hour of time in game could equal five minutes of real game time, or yeah. seven, or ten minutes of real game time. Uh, so I think. 10 would give you basically four hours, a four hour one shot. Yeah. So every, every 10 minutes is an hour of in game time. And so having a timer or something set like that could give that sense of urgency to what you're, you're doing and what you're working through and the, the time being spent doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. This is good. I like it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that'd be that'd be super interesting. That'd be super fun. And I, I add, wanna play I, again, this one again. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's there's a lot more work that would need to go into it between the rival adventuring party, figuring out the exact encounters mm-hmm. you would need. But uh these are always just kind of frameworks, uh and it's all just off the top of our head spitballing. So um but yeah, there's 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 potential. There's potential there for sure. Definitely. That, uh, for, for a really fun one shot. Cool. Any, anything anything else you'd want to add? No, I think that kind of covers it. Like I,
1: I like yeah. – I the thing I like most is the fact that like your characters aren't like the end all be all. Like they're not the Santa character. They're just helping out. And I think that adds a lot more like – Accountability might not be the right word, but it's it's a lot more personality to it, and it's a more personal feeling, and uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm really enjoying that i that aspect.
0: Yeah, and in in a in a setting where combat isn't the end all be all, mm-hmm. exactly because it's it's like the uh, like the the wild beyond the witchlight type thing where where they say every encounter could potentially be solved through non combat means. Mm-hmm. I think something like that here would be super fun. Yes. And have a lot of potential for that too. I think so. But yeah. So there you go. It's a race. All right. It's our I Christmas, uh, Christmas one shot for uh 2022. <laughs> um, if that sounds fun, if someone wants to flesh it out a little more, feel free. Let us know if you did, uh, if you did something like that, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Exactly. Okay. So uh, before we wrap this thing up, uh, just a few supplemental talking points. Dragon Lance is out. So if you're a big fan of dragons and lances, books <laughs> out, the board game's out. Uh, if that's your, if that's your thing, um, if that, it seems like it's been getting very good reviews. Uh, if that's the kind of campaign uh, that you'd like to run, it sounds super fun. Um, I will be picking it up myself at some point too. So just as an FYI, that is out now. And then also D and D beyond has their annual adventure calendar that is out, <laughs> out now, uh, that they are, um, doing every day, uh, through the, through the end of the year, um, as their Christmas thing mm-hmm. and their holiday thing. uh, Right now, uh, the first day is a cool little uh, free compendium of extra monsters for Dragonlance, which I, I think is neat. They've got some like cutout, uh, paper... Papercraft. Uh, papercraft, yeah, stuff that you can make. And then there's... Uh, most of it, so far at least, uh, has been a lot of basically discounts for different D&D stuff. Shirts, uh, games, uh, minis, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking... To purchase uh, those things, the D&D Beyond Adventure Calendar does have discounts for those. I'm hoping that we see some actual D&D Beyond things as well, some backgrounds, some character portraits, some digital dice That'd pretty uh, at cool. some point in the thing too. So, hopefully, we'll see. We're about you know halfway through uh, the Adventure Calendar, mm-hmm. so we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. If you want to go grab anything from that, exactly. And then finally, as always, before we leave, we will we talk a little bit about what we're doing in our games. And I know both of us have played recently. So, Ben, yes. What have you what have you been up to? <clears throat> well,
1: um, so we, we had originally planned to play last night. And then uh, things were kind of conspiring to so where it might not happen, but then it, it, it actually did, which is good. Um, but two days beforehand, I had an idea of, hey, you know what? I want to have my own holiday theme, like kind of one shot, but continue on with the game and actually um, give something special to, to the characters. So I'm like, OK, what can I do? What can I do? So basically... We left off with them teleporting from, you know, defeating those dragons, uh, teleporting to uh, Trademore, which is, you know, kind of their, their home away from home at the moment. Well, we started off this session with the teleport not taking them there. In fact, they ended up in a snow-covered forest and... It was kind of like, OK, what's going on? And the, the bard who did the teleportation circle was like, no, I know I wrote that or drew it correctly and, you know, did everything right and everything. And so it turns out um, a fairy that, that they had met before. Well, not exactly met before, but um, that had been around and they had kind of slightly interacted with in the Everwilds uh, had uh, teleported them to the Feywild. So... Uh, she let them know, it's like, okay, my queen wants to talk to you. So she, they, she took him around in, in, in circles until they got to the point where they walked into this like open air court of the summer. It was, sorry, it was the winter court. And it was the, the fay, the queen of the winter court. And she needed a favor from the adventurers. Her beloved was sitting in a throne next to her, just completely made of and sculpted of snow and unfortunately, his enchanted hat had been stolen by a member of the Summer Court. No, yeah. So, um, if they didn't get this enchanted hat back in time, he would melt. No matter you know what the temperature was, he just melt, be you know gone forever. So they were tasked to go and find this, and uh, they, you know they they ventured out, basically went in a circle, and then we're at a cave entrance. You know, Feywild. It's weird there. And uh, so they go into this ice cavern, kind of explore a little bit Um, down one of the passages. There is uh, like on the stone platform, just a plethora of these gift wrap presents, just a whole ton of them and everything. And it was really funny because they're like, well, I want to see if any of them are for me. (laughs) And then, you know, there's a whole discussion about no one even knew that we were going to be here. How could one of those be for you? So they ended up leaving them alone. Which, I mean, it's good because it was actually a a treasure horde mimic that would have attacked them if they had, you know, tried to go and open up some of those presents. Um, But the best thing about this whole thing is that my sorcerer is a storm sorcerer and she gave everybody water walking. So I'm like, okay, great. You're not, you know, it's not slippery or anything on the ice as you're walking around because, you know, creative use of that. So I'm like, great. So they're walking through the cave and, of course, they don't slip and fall into the water where a potentially evil thing was going to attack them. So like they should walk right past that. So, I mean, they're doing a good job. You know, they're, they're not engaging in certain encounters and, and creatively going past and, uh, um, you know, beating them before they even start. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. So then they get to the end of this cavern, uh, into a big open space where this guy is channeling magic from this hat onto this, this magic circle, and there's a giant gingerbread man there holding a, a candy cane, and he ends up, uh, you know, the the adventurers for you know as good as they are, they try to kind of negotiate with him and everything. But uh, I was fixing for a battle, so we fought, and uh, so <laughs> <laughs> the giant can- or the giant gingerbread man started going over there. Our um, rogue uh, cast. Enlarge <laughs> on our paladin. So, you know, it's like giant candy or gingerbread man, giant paladin, just trading blows. It was great. And then the best part is, is that, uh, he had, uh, brought to life smaller gingerbread man too. So you know, like, like tiny sized, so they're oh running up and they're like laughing and just like going crazy. They have uh, like a sharpened candy cane and then a tiny candy shiv, and so they're you know multi attacking everybody trying to attack and everything. Uh, meanwhile, the the guy that they're fighting is um, like he's a warlock and he's you know kind of doing his own stuff and everything. And so it was great. They ended up uh, you know defeating everything. They got the enchanted hat back. Um, went to the, the the queen, gave that that the hat back to her, and then they put it on the the, the snow pile. And and he wakes up and goes, "Happy birthday." <laughs> Does that whole thing. And um, so in return for all of this, um, she had promised or the queen had promised to give them a favor. Um, So now they have a favor from the queen of the winter court in the Feywild. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun, silly adventure. Um, And the best part is, is after they teleported out of the Feywild. Everybody in my group, except for one person, has fey ancestry, so they all remembered. And then she rolled and did not (laughs) save, so she forgot the entire adventure. Oh, no! Yeah, it's our bard, Goliath. So, of course, she's going to be the one who would want to know so she could tell the story and everything, but um Hilarious. You know, yeah it was great because uh, they were telling her everything that happened and stuff and um as a just kind of a fun little extra bit i gave everybody some pixie dust as well so you know when they go in their bags they have uh, like some packets of pixie dust so that they can use that later on so yeah so they have a uh, a favor of the the queen of the winter court of the feywild who knows What's what they'll the, use that for
0: what a fun little holiday thing to throw in yeah. It, it, like I said, it, it, it just
1: kind of popped to mind a couple of days ago and I'm like, this will be fun. And I worked super hard on getting everything all taken care of and done in like a day or two. Um, but it, it worked out pretty well and everybody seemed to have a good time. So I was, uh, I was really happy with uh, how everything turned out. That's great. Yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what about you? What What's going on in your world?
0: Uh, so my, my first campaign is on break until January and, um, because of, because of all the the scheduling and sickness and stuff, uh, we had a makeup session for my second one, mm-hmm. my second campaign this, uh, this last Friday. And it was, it actually turned out really good. It was, it was, it was really fun. Um, they're, uh, they're in the, the temple of the heart right now. Uh, this, this corrupted temple in the jungle, they made their way down to the the bottom level, and I did something I've never never quite done before, and this is something where uh, a virtual tabletop actually worked really well for. Uh, and I like like you, I worked really hard on this one. So I took a map and yeah. I actually with my I use Foundry for my virtual tabletop, and so I actually uh, put up all the walls and everything for vision blocking mm-hmm. where. The, the normal thing would be and it's it's kind of like a the second level is kind of like a maze this this bottom level is kind of like a oh, maze. Oh okay. And so I limited the vision on that the players could see on their tokens to what their vision actually would be for the characters. And three of them don't have dark vision, which is hilarious. <laughs> um and then throughout this place uh and it's, it's a pretty big place I, I made a, a new monster called the uh, Man-Eating Tunnel Plant. Oh. And so these plants, they, there was 12 of them, and they're all connected in a series, the, like their root system, tunnel system, was all connected to each other. So ba- the general idea is if you walked close enough, it would try and attack you, and if it did, you had to make a strength save. And oh. if you didn't make it, you would get pulled in. You would tumble through the acid-filled oh, uh, no. tunnel of the plant and get spit out somewhere else. Oh, randomly. Wow. Okay. I had, them, I had them since there's twelve. I had them roll a d12 to to see where they would pop out. And so very quickly, especially with limited vision, uh, the party got separated into all different points. Oh and no! And so and so then it was them creatively trying to figure out how do we get back together? How do we find where the exit of this kind of maze is while uh, finding some cool magic stuff and encountering some enemies and trying to survive their, their acid trips through the, <laughs> aha, through the, the tunnels of these, these tunnel plants. Yeah,
1: that's uh. That's a rough one. That that sounds like a lot of fun though. And it, I mean, it actually worked player, out been really really well. and really challenging and and pretty cool to do.
0: Yeah, it worked out really well and it ended up being hilarious as people just it's like, "Uh-oh. <laughs> I failed the strength save and they get they <laughs> get pulled in and 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 spit out, you know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh our druid talked with plants and asked asked one of the plants if he was a frond or foe which was <laughs> hilarious. Nice. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good one-liners that night, but it, it was a, a great group. Um, they they eventually found their way through the Druid, uh, used, I, I don't remember what the spell name was, but it basically kind of makes them more bestial, and it gave them 120 feet of dark vision. Oh, nice. At the same time, and so once that happened, they were able to get together and then navigate much more easily avoid the plants um, that we're trying to to eat them slowly to digest them as they kind of pinballed them around and find the central chamber where we will pick up in the new game.
1: That's really cool. I like the idea of, like the plants slowly digesting them, you know, and, and like kind of as they move around this whole area and stuff. So it's not just like, oh, I'm meeting you and you're done. It's I'm going to take a little snack right now. And then, you know, finally um, at the point, if if one of them were to die, maybe that's when it just kind of gets stuck in. The yeah, and and it makes you more and more lost mm-hmm. as you go
0: in theory. Exactly.
1: that um, that it that, That's a very creative monster. That's very cool.
0: Yeah. And I, I honestly, especially with the. The, the virtual tabletop lighting and um, the the visioning of characters and stuff. Uh, it was really cool. It worked out. It worked out really well. Yeah. I one of that. the, one of the things that would be harder, uh, harder to replicate in real life um, versus, versus this, this type yeah, of thing. That would be
1: gosh, like cover everything with paper and just let them know what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause, but the, the night and, and usually Usually you can replicate most things in person. And a lot of times, uh, certain in-person things will be better. Mm -hmm. But for this specifically, uh, it was really cool to have this tool uh, because it allowed for something like that.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Use all the tools at your disposal. Definitely. But with that... I think that's a wrap for 2022 Ben. Yes. That's wow. Again, what a year, what a year year. went by, went by fast. Uh, We absolutely appreciate. We've been, uh, we've seen people um, tagging us in their like year end uh, Spotify things and such. We appreciate everybody so much. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sending us your questions or comments. Um, And we, we love those. Please keep doing that. Uh, Ben will have all the links uh, and all the places uh, here in just a second, but uh, it has been a, a super fun year. Like we were saying earlier, we've had some amazing guests that have come on and shared, shared their wisdom. Um, we've had a lot of fun just going back and forth and talking about this game that we love so much. So we appreciate you listening and staying with us and uh, just know we will have a lot more next year, too. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. And until then... Then why don't you tell everybody where we can be reached? You bet. Um, the easiest place and probably
1: the most reliable <laughs> place at the moment is going to be uh, emailing us. That's going to be dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your stories. If you have any questions, comments, uh, anything that you want to uh, throw our way, best place to do it would be that. Uh, for the time being, you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at dndiscussions. Uh, If you're looking for Ryan specifically, he is at TBKZord. If you're looking for me, I am at Ben Bumhofer. Now, uh, if you want to know what's going on with us uh, kind of in our own gaming platform or gaming platforms, what am I saying? In our own games that uh, aren't the ones we run, definitely take a look at Plus 5 to Hit. It is our persistent campaign. And gosh, the most recent episode, things happen. That's pretty much all i can say so definitely check that out plus five to hits uh where all of your favorite podcasts are found as well as uh dm
0: discussions awesome thanks ben thank you again uh all of our listeners it's been a wonderful year and we will see you again soon in the big year
1: yep and until then everybody be good to each other and have a great new year